Hey everyone, it's Pastor Micah, lead pastor here at High Praise Crestview. I want to say thank you for choosing to listen to today's podcast. I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening from today and go connect with us on social media as well. My prayer is that as you listen to this message, you're encouraged, blessed, and transformed by the power of the Word of God. Now open your heart and get ready to receive what God wants to speak to you today. Will you open up your Bibles, though, to Romans chapter 12? Romans chapter 12. For the next five weeks, we're going to be living in this text um, and this specific spot of the text, too. And I'm really excited about this word that God has given me to deliver to our church. I have never, I have preached some of these messages actually in a different form once, but I've never preached the message I'm about to preach this morning. And, um, I don't know that we're going to get through all of it because I have a lot to say this morning. Surprise, right? So this might carry us all the way to the Christmas season, all the way to Christmas, which, by the way, I'm going to let a cat out of the bag real quickly. We are doing something really special on Christmas Eve this year. How many of you know Christmas Eve falls on a Sunday, a Sunday this year, okay? Uh, we're going to do something cool this year. We, we are going to do one service on Christmas Eve. We're, doing, we're going to, to a 10 o'clock service on Christmas Eve because we realize there's people traveling and such. So we may have a smaller uh, group of people. And even if not, we really want to pack the room out for this because we're doing a one-hour special Christmas production on that morning. Uh, that's going to be a Christmas candlelight production that we're going to be putting on. And different people in our church are going to be doing some specials. We're going to have dance specials. We're going to have singing specials. We're going to have um, possibly uh, either saxophone or electric guitar specials. We're going to have full band specials. So it's going to be a really, really unique and fun experience. And... The kids are going to be doing some special songs as well. They have two special songs that they're going to be doing inside of it too. So it's really, really a neat production thing that we're putting together just to help celebrate Christmas. It's actually going to be called Celebrate Christmas is going to be the name of the production. And so Christmas Eve, 10 o'clock, you want to be here on that because it's the first time we've ever done a Christmas production. And I'm really excited and I think it's going to be really good. And I think you're going to be blessed by it. But... Anyways, we're going to be living in this text for the next few weeks. Uh, are you there in Romans chapter 12? We're going to read from verse 11. Uh, and watch you start at 10. It says this, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. And that, listen, brotherly love doesn't mean wrestling, okay? That's not what, that's not what he's talking about here. In honor, giving preference to one another. In verse 11, it says this, Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. And it goes in verse 12, Rejoicing in in hope, patient in tribulation, and continuing steadfastly in prayer. We're going to live in, these, in this text just for a little bit, and I want to read it from another translation real quickly. This is the NIV. It says this in verse 11, and this is something we actually have used in kids' church before, and it's lots of fun to do with the kids. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. In verse 12, it says it like this, and I like the way this reads. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. What I want to talk about for the next few weeks as we open up this new series is I want to name this series Full. Look at somebody say Full. Full. We're going to talk about being full. You know, uh, full is something we're probably about to say a lot in the next few weeks. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We got Thanksgiving coming up. How many of you excited to eat some turkey, some dressing, some greens, to make all the things? Man, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite times of year because it's the only time of year that it is appropriate to eat dressing. Or maybe for some of you northern, maybe you say stuffing. 
I say dressing because we don't, we don't carry the G around in, in, down here in the South. It's just dressing or stuffing. It is one of my favorite things to eat. And you could give me a, a, a full uh, 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 array of food laid out for Thanksgiving, and probably half of my plate is going to be cornbread dressing, okay? My mama's cornbread dressing. That's the way it's going to be, okay? And we're going to have lots of sage in it. It's got chicken in it, and it is delicious, okay? Come to the Thanksgiving meal we'll have, and I will make a huge pan of it, and you'll be able to eat it. And you'll be able to also agree with me that it is delicious. Unless you don't like sage, don't put it in your mouth because you're not going to like it. But we want to talk about being full. Many of us in just this next season, we are going to sit around tables. We are going to eat and eat and feast together. And there's going to be something that is said a lot around that time. Whenever we are finished with our food, we're going to look at each other and go, I'm full or I'm stuffed. I am to the max, can't take anything else. And that is what full means. It literally means as full in the Webster's Dictionary is described as this, containing or holding as much as possible, having no empty space. So full means I have no room left. There is no more room that I have left. Can I get a chair up here, please? Um, you know, and I believe that it is God's desire that all of us live that kind of life. I believe it is God's desire that you live a full life. You may want to write that down. It is God's desire that you live a full life. Where is the text for this? Where is the scripture? Well, let's, let's talk about it for a moment. You can turn the haze off, please. John 10.10 10 says this. I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. There's another translation that translates, translates it like this, and I love the way it translates. I have come to give you life and life to the fullest. God has come and he has sent his son Jesus to give you fullness of life. What does this actually mean? Why did Jesus make this, this statement, okay? Well, in, in the original, in creation, God gives children, he gives Adam and Eve dominion in the garden. God gives, there is a fullness that Adam and Eve had that they didn't even know that they had. And so why Jesus comes and makes this proclamation and declaration is he's saying, I have come to restore the original fullness that I had for Adam and Eve. Now I have come to restore that to you now through me. So it is through Jesus. Jesus is the gateway to the fullness of life. Third John 1 and, 10, uh, 1 and 2 says this, Dear friend, because we're obviously talking about spiritual things. God wants to have a fullness in spiritual, but he also, he wants some fullness in your natural life too. Let me just say, say this, and we've talked about a, lot, a lot about this the past few weeks uh, because we talked about money and finances and blessings and all those other things we had in our series uh, prior to this. But Third John 1 and 2 says this, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all, somebody say all, all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. There's another translation that it says is my prayer that, and that you are in good health and you prosper even as your soul prospers. That means that the prayer that is being prayed here is a prayer of I, my prayer for you is that you are living in the fullness of God. That God's fullness is with you. That you feel full of His Spirit. That you have fullness of life. That you have fullness of vitality. That 
you have fullness of grace, that you have fullness of joy, that you have fullness of mercy. Hey, I, I, my prayer is that, hey, your bank account is prosperous even as your soul is prosperous. That's the prayer that's being prayed here. God desires for you to have a full life. The beginning of that, though, y'all, I'm, I am pumped up right now, okay? I'm full. <laughs> I, my prayer is that you are full at the end of this sermon and that you, are, you feel full by the end of this. The be, but listen, so the beginning to full life is accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. That is where it starts. You cannot have the fullness of life unless you first have life and life more abundantly where it starts. That's why just, I've come to give you life through me. And now, through me, life more abundantly. Jesus is the doorway to more abundant life. So if you want life and life more abundantly, if you want life and life to the fullest, if you want a full life, you know, some people want to live a full life. I want to live a full life. How many want to live a full life? And I mean like a full, like I want to live till 133 at least, okay? That's what I'm believing for, right? And so I want to live a full life. I, I did my best to obey my parents, but I wasn't always great, so maybe I lost a few years there. But, but, but I, I want to live a full life. But I don't want to live just a long life. I want to live a life in the fullest. And that's kind of a hot thing right now where, uh, especially with young people, they're like, I'll save later. I want to live a full life now. You know, I ain't got no kids, and so I'm going to go travel the world now, and then later I'll have kids, and so and I'll live that fullness. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what I want to get here is this. First of all, we need to make sure our spiritual life is in the right place and making sure that we are living a full spiritual life. And a pro the problem is oftentimes we get off course and we miss the fullness that God has for us in our walk with Him because we are chasing natural things. But the, full, the, the, the start to fullness of life is accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. When we receive His Spirit... When we receive Jesus, his spirit comes and dwell with, dwells within us. No matter what you learned in Sunday school, in kids' church, if you didn't, weren't raised in kids' church, uh, one thing that I was taught in kids' church was this, that Jesus comes and he lives like in a little, little, there's a little bed in there for him, right in your heart. And he just comes and lays down and makes his little bed and just cozies up in your heart. And he's there for you all the time. That's not, Jesus is not, Jesus did not get like turned into Ant-Man and go shrink and then now he's living in you, okay? No, his spirit, he sends his spirit. The comforter is what the, the Bible calls it. He sends his spirit to come live and dwell within you. First Corinthians 3, 16. I'll give this for you real quickly. It says this, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you. So whenever you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want you to hear me, God's spirit now dwells and lives in you. The spirit of God, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is now living and dwelling within your mortal body in that moment. But listen to me, it is great to be a carrier of the spirit, but that is not the end goal of what God has for you. God doesn't want you to just be a carrier he wants you to live in the fullness. Many of us, we're okay with just being a carrier, though. Being a carrier is like this. I, I did bring, y'all know what's on the table. I brought a whole spread today uh, of food and deliciousness. Uh, being, being, being a carrier of the Spirit is like this. Because we're on Thanksgiving. I figure I'll pull up some, some cold food that is unedible uh, up here. <laughs> but it is like, Showing up to your Thanksgiving meal. This is a carrier syndrome. I show up to Thanksgiving dinner and I'm where the food is. 
but I don't do anything. Man, that's, that is some good-looking chicken. Or maybe even better, maybe I will. Maybe I will have a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and I put a little bit on it, and I eat just a little bit of it. But I'm not full yet. I'm a carrier of the chicken and the bread and the green beans and the corn and the mashed potatoes, and, I, and I'll eat a little bit of it, but I, I'm not full yet. And oftentimes, many of us are okay with just the littlest bit of consuming, and we live there. Well, I received Jesus as Lord and Savior, but are you full of the Spirit? Are you really, have you consumed what God has for you? Or are you okay just being somebody who just barely has just enough to get them by? I'm not okay with being somebody who just has tastes of the Lord. Whenever I, <laughs> whenever I taste something that's good, I'm just telling you, there is no stopping me. I'm going to eat the whole thing, okay? Y'all just, maybe y'all don't know what it's like. Maybe y'all got really good self-control. I'm still praying for fullness of self-control, though, okay? Because when it comes to some good food, I can throw down, okay? I can eat a lot of food, and I will eat till I am full. So in order to be full, you have to show up, you have to position yourself, and then you have to begin to consume. So how do we live a full life? Well, first of all, it's the gateway of Jesus. He is the gateway to fullness of life. But then after that, it's by being consistently filled by the Spirit of God. Now, I'm going to give you a scripture, and I'm not preaching on, on alcohol this morning, okay? We'll save that for a class sometime. But Ephesians 5, 18, 20 says this, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with what? The Spirit is what your text should say. This is Ephesians 5, 18 through 20. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving what? Thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul tells us here to be filled with the Spirit right after he says, don't be drunk. Now, the, the interesting question that I have when reading this, and many other pastors and theologians and, and, and others have asked some of these same questions, is why is Paul following up, be filled with the Spirit right after saying, hey, don't get drunk on wine? Well, what's interesting is if you look in the book of Acts and you study the early church, what is one of the things that people begin to say whenever people get out of the upper room, what happens is they begin to speak in other tongues, and immediately the questions that, and by the way, when they're speaking in other tongues, they're actually speaking native languages to the ones that were there and actually they're sharing the gospel in that moment and so what the question starts becoming is this why are these men drunk it is not five o'clock somewhere yet they're curious as to why they're walking around drunk in the middle of the afternoon in the middle of the morning and so the answer is these men are not drunk with wine as you suppose they are what filled with the holy ghost they're filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Holy Spirit. So one of the reasons I believe that Paul is making this correlation is because I don't know if you've ever been anywhere where there's some drunk people. Anybody ever been somewhere with some drunk people? I've been on a few cruises, okay? Have you been on a cruise? And have you been to the Crestview Applebee's? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you've probably been around a few drunk people, right? None of y'all, though. None of y'all. Uh, <laughs> 
And all of a sudden, the person who would never sing a song, it's karaoke night, and they're feeling a little bit of the drinks they had. And all of a sudden, man, they get up, and they are the next Shania Twain. They are the next whatever you want. Gavin DeGraw, whatever. I don't know. Y'all... Fill in your own artists there, okay? They're the, the, the next Stevie Wonder singing very superstitious. You know, they're, they're getting at it, and they're terrible. But in their mind, they're great. Where am I going with this? Because oftentimes when people are drunk, inhibitions are lifted. And they'll do things that in their right mind they would have never done. Or in their normal carnal mind in that moment would have never done. Part of the reason I believe that Paul is saying this is because he's saying, listen, if you're, because one of the things that, that alcohol is sometimes called is liquid courage. Anybody ever called it liquid courage? Yeah. Well, we have a spiritual boldness that God gives us by the Spirit of God. So what this text is really telling us is, hey, when you're drunk with wine, you act silly and kind of leads to some things you shouldn't be doing. But whenever you're filled with the Spirit, you still act a little bit different and peculiar, and you get, you get some boldness you once didn't have. And once where you felt like you couldn't have joy, and when you were in hopeless situations, hope arose out of nowhere. And whenever you felt like there was no way to have peace in the midst of chaos, peace arises out of nowhere. And whenever you felt like that person at work kept pressing all your buttons, and you couldn't love them somehow you still endured in love that is being filled with the spirit of god and that's what paul's talking about here the characteristic of someone who is filled with the spirit of god will do things that seem counter to what is going on they do things that don't make sense to carnal-minded people being full with the spirit of god will cause you to do things you didn't even know you could do okay i'm, I'm i've seen this and i have lived this out all of a sudden, like I said a moment ago, all of a sudden in the midst of a painful situation, you have joy. You're like, I didn't know I could have joy right now. How in the world do I have a peace that surpasses all understanding when I'm facing death right now? How in the world do I have faith that is rising up whenever I'm getting doctor diagnosis after doctor diagnosis after doctor? How do I have these things? It's because those that are full of the Spirit, that is what will come out in the moments. Uh, listen, when my dad's always said this. I should have brought a ketchup bottle up here. But my dad's always says, when he, whenever you have a ketchup bottle and you squeeze that ketchup bottle, mustard's not going to come out, right? Unless you play some sick prank, okay? <laughs> if, I, if I go to Sonny's Barbecue... And I pick up the sweet barbecue sauce, and I go to put that on my brisket sandwich. Oh, glory. And I, and I go to, to squeeze that sauce onto my sandwich. Mustard is not going to come out. What's going to come out? Sweet barbecue sauce, because that's what the label says. Some of y'all full with the spirit, but your label doesn't say it. <laughs> Your face looks like you were weaned on a pickle. But I'm full of the Spirit. I don't love anybody, but I'm full of the Spirit. No, you're not. You're not full of the Spirit. And we're going to get there in a second. Y'all, I'm feeling this this morning. I'm not drunk on wine as you suppose. Just filled with the Holy Ghost. To be full of the Spirit is more than just being saved and praying in tongues. Great. And this is a, this is a trap that I have, that I have seen numerous uh, prophetic, charismatic Christians, Pentecostal Christians get into 
time and time again, where I can, and I can feel the Spirit of God in the moment, and I can hoop, and I can, but then, Johnny at my work, I don't like that person. I despise them, and I talk bad about them behind their back. You are not filled with the Spirit fully. I'm just tough on you this morning, maybe. You aren't full, and let me say this, you aren't full and elite because you have your prayer language. Congratulations, you got another gift of the Spirit. I'm, I'm, I'm super happy for you. I am super proud and glad to know that you are filled with that measure of the Spirit of God to where you can pray in other tongues. That's awesome. Let me tell you a scripture that talks about this though in 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I am annoying to everybody that's around me. I'm going to put it in layman's terms so you actually understand this, okay? You're annoying if you can't love people. That's what the scripture's saying. Great. You can But the person in Walmart got in front of you and took one of the last things on the shelf that you were looking for and you yelled at them. That's not filled with the spirit, okay? If I have the gift of prophecy... And I can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge. And even if I have faith, which by the way, this is all talking about gifts of the Spirit. If I have these gifts of the Spirit, and I can move mountains, but have not love, guess what? The Bible says, I am nothing. (laughs) What a great encouragement of a text. You are nothing if you don't have this. I think... The scripture is screaming of the importance of the balance of being filled with the Spirit. That it's not, it's not just fruit of the Spirit, but it's also not just gifts of the Spirit. It's gifts and fruit. And they need to coexist and be used together. And that is how that we will actually be full of the Spirit. Because listen, if you are nothing, you sure aren't full. And it's impossible to feel nothing. <laughs> You can't feel nothing. The Holy Spirit helps you pray in tongues and helps you love others. It's not one or the other. The same Spirit that helps you prophesy is the same Spirit that will help you apologize. The same Spirit that helps you prophesy will be the same Spirit that helps you love people. But you've got to rely on the Spirit and you've got to be full of it. Somebody say, I'm full of it. (laughs) You've got to be full of it, man. Listen to me. Being full of the Spirit of God means you want all God has to offer. I am not content where I'm at. I want all God has to offer. That means the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the wisdom of the Spirit, revelation knowledge of His Word. I want it all, and I want it now. Like I want every single bit that God has for me, okay? I want to give you three steps to living, in a, living a full life. Three steps to living a full life. Number one is this. you got to show up. Somebody say show up. you got to show up. And listen to me. Showing, uh, show, he, he got it. Showing up takes consistency. A word we don't like because it requires something of us. Showing up takes consistent, consistency. You have to consistently show up to the place which God feeds you. 
Church is obviously one of those places, right? I mean, I, I pray and I hope that every time you step foot in this room that you are fed by the Spirit of God. You are fed by the Word of the Lord. That you are fed by the things that happen in worship. I pray your kids are fed in kids' church. And we don't give snacks. I'm talking about spiritual food, okay? Because we got too many kids with allergies. So we just said we can't do this anymore, okay? We, we, I, my prayer is your kids leave fed with the Spirit. So church is one of those places, but guess what? If you want to be fed, you got to show up consistently. And once every month is not consistently. How many of you would go eat a meal once a month? How many of you are eating a meal once a month? Oh, you are consistent. Okay. How many of you are going to eat a meal once a week? Anybody in the room going to eat one meal a week? You got some serious OMAD, okay? You just are mad. Nobody in this room is eating one meal a week because we're hungry. We're hungry, y'all. So we eat more than once a week, but how many of us, even if we were consistent, is still only living on one meal a week? We show up every week and we get our one meal. Bless God. Food don't fail me now. Like, you can't live that way. And that's one of the reasons we have spiritually malnourished Christians is because we rely on a song and dance from the pastor to fill us for the whole week. Because we don't have the consistency to show up to our own devotion. We don't have consistency and have not built that spiritual discipline within ourselves enough to actually show up to the word of God daily and consume of the word of the Lord. So you've got to show up. You've got to find times to create that you can pray. And listen, let me just go ahead and tell you, it does not have to be a beautiful, elegant evening that you have fully planned out and have a full worship service. You've got to find a, a good sermon to listen. Listen, it can be simple, okay? You can simply be driving to work with worship music on and Bless the Lord right there in, and be fed by the Spirit of God in your car just like you're fed by the Spirit of God in this room. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because you are a carrier of the Spirit. Yeah. You can absolutely begin to pray in your heavenly language in the shower. Men don't wash anywhere below here. We just let the soap run down. <laughs> ladies y'all get in between every toe in the toenail crevices men were like Shh. good yep that's all fine you can pray though and stir up the spirit within you that's what the praying in tongues does is pass uh Dr. Bill Hammond, Bishop Bill Hammond has a great book on, on 70 reasons for speaking in tongues. And he talks about how it's like a spiritual dynamo. And it's something that it stirs up your spirit, man. You want to be filled with the spirit? You know, I walk around in, this, in the church sometimes when I'm working here and just, I got this honest from my dad. I learned it from him and it's something he would do. And Pastor Chelsea can, can, uh, can vouch for this also. He'll walk around the church, like Benny Hinn or something. And just walk around just randomly and you're like, what is he doing? Oh, he's praying in tongues. Okay. <laughs> and you just pray in the spirit. You just do it. You just, it's, it doesn't have to be something 
The world could be burning around you and you could be shit. I'm getting stirred up in the spirit. That's being full of the spirit. You got to show up. As devoted as you are to filling your belly, be that devoted to filling your spirit, man. As devoted as you are to filling up your belly. And some of us are really devoted to that. (laughs) Be as devoted as filling up your spirit, man. Number two is this, position yourself. Position yourself. So first thing I've got to do is I've got to show up to the table. The second thing I've got to do is position myself. I can show up somewhere, but never be filled. Let that sit for a second, and you really think on that for a moment. You can show up to church every time the doors are open and never leave full. Because you didn't position yourself properly. Positioning yourself means actually getting ready for what God's about to do. Making sure your plate is prepped, that you found your seat at the table, that you have your silverware ready to consume, got your Bible ready to receive, or you got the word, you have your ears open to what God wants to speak to you and what his spirit is doing in a moment. That is the spiritually positioning yourself. It can rain all around you, but if you have your umbrella up all the time, you will miss the raindrops. The Spirit of God can flow in this room like a mighty river, but if you are blocking and you are not in tune, if you're not really seeking out what God wants to do in that moment, if you're not seeking God first and His righteousness, you will miss what God does in moments because you're positioned improperly. You've got to place yourself, and listen to me, that takes discipline. Positioning takes discipline. You've got to block out noise and everything else going on around you. You've got to leave some frustrations at the door. Husband and wife, you've got to leave some spats at the door and say, you know what, baby, we're not talking about this any further. Let's just pray and praise this morning and focus on the word of God. And then we'll, tur- we'll, we'll circle back and we'll apologize and do whatever's necessary after the word today. But listen to me, if you come into this service and you're still thinking about what your wife said 30 minutes ago in the car and you didn't like the way that she said something to you and you're focused on that, you will miss God. You will miss what he's doing. And it's not God's fault because God shows up. You are not positioned properly. Young people, if you're constantly coming to church and you're focused on the girl next to you and how she's raising her hands and what she looks like in the clothes that she's wearing today, you will miss God. Huh? Our focus, whenever we are in times in communion, we'll talk about this in a minute. I hope I can get to all this today. When we are in times of communion with the Lord, our focus is not around us. Our focus is on Him. We set our gaze on Jesus. We set our gaze on his spirit and what he wants to do. Now, like for, like for instance, I'll say this. For, for like worship team stuff, we obviously have to do our best to play skillfully and we have to focus on what we're doing. But I want you to know this, that our heart is 100% faced to God. We are 100% worshiping the Lord. Everything that we're doing. Mr. Russ is running sound, but you know what? I know Mr. Russ's heart, and I know his heart, and everything that he's doing on that board is worship to the Lord, and his heart is positioned towards God. Andy Pate's back there doing media for the first time this morning, and you know what? 
His heart and everything that he's doing, I look back there today as he's, as he's doing the media, he's still 100% heart worship to the Lord, okay? My point is this, let your focus be God. Let your focus be what God wants to speak and what God wants to do. And that means you've got to block out other things. Positioning yourself means getting into the right mindset, talking to correct people throughout your week, Find correct relationships, healthy, godly relationships to uh, commune with and speak with. It means picking up your Bible. It means turning on worship music. It means making phone calls to people that you need to make phone calls to and actually talking to those people and getting encouragement from them. It means giving true gratitude to God throughout your week, actually taking time to give God thanks for what he's doing in your life. This is proper positioning. And the last thing is this, consume. Somebody say consume. So the first thing takes commitment. The second thing takes discipline. The last thing takes action. Consuming takes participation. In the church and in the Christian walk that we live today, especially in our Western civilization, uh, we have a lot of spectators and not many participators. And I said this a moment ago where we expect the pastor and the worship team or whoever is up on the stage at the moment to feed us and ha- let that spiritual food go for the full week and hopefully it doesn't run out. You will live a spiritually malnourished life if you live with that mindset. You have to be a partaker. Jesus actually tells us to be partakers. He's at the well and he says this in John 4, 13, 14. Jesus answers to the woman. He says, everyone who drinks drinks is an action word right so everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again but whoever drinks once again jesus saying this the water i give them will never thirst so jesus saying whenever you drink of what i'm putting out of my faucet (laughs) you will never thirst again why will you never thirst again because you will be filled Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, I did it right, after righteousness, for they will be filled. Even in Luke 24 and Acts 1, Jesus tells the disciples to go and position themselves to be in the place where God's spirit is going to be poured out so they can take hold of it is actually what one text says in Acts words I wrote it down here uh, in Acts it says this you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you right we know that text we I'm pretty sure I've preached out of that text before the word receive there doesn't mean stand there and wait the word receive there is the Greek Hebrew word lambano And what it means, it actually means to grab or take hold of. I was watching Florida State football yesterday. Go Knowles! Let's go. Uh, We're still undefeated, barely. But they went, I I was thinking to myself, Johnny Wilson, if he goes, or Keon Coleman goes up for a pass and runs like this to receive the pass, and the ball gets thrown, and it's a perfect ball. If their hands are down, guess what? They're not receiving it. They're not going to catch it. 
They're not going to be able to take hold of it. It takes them to actually grab what's being thrown to, to them. Listen to me. God's spirit is always in this room. I promise you that. God is always moving in this place. But you have to position yourself, block out the noise, and grab hold of his spirit. And that's what they did there in the upper room. The spirit of God shows up, and like tongues of fire, a wind blows, and they take hold of what God has for them. And what's it say? It says, as, as a byproduct of that, they go out of the place and people think they're drunk. Once again, we're coming full circle here. Because why? They were filled with the Spirit. God does not want you to be a carrier. He wants you to be full. Food don't just get into your belly. <laughs> you got to consume things. You actually have to eat. Sometimes we're not hungry. Anybody ever been in this situation where you're not hungry? Pastor <laughs> said no. And I, apparently nobody else has ever not been hungry either. I found myself in numerous cases where I'm just not hungry today. But when I pull up my seat to the table and I start smelling the food and, and seeing what's there and I take a little bite, all of a sudden, oftentimes, hunger begins to stir within me. Let me just say, and Pastor Chelsea, I'm going to tell on her this morning. I was in the shower this morning. She said, Micah, today is one of those mornings. I just don't, I don't feel it. Don't feel like going this morning. And it, listen, everybody has those days, okay? I'm using this as an illustration real quickly. Because, and I've been in that situation. I've told you I've been in that situation numerous times. I wish this thing would shut up today. I've been in those situations where I'm not hungry today. I don't want to go to church. <laughs> but when I show up, I, I, I sense the, I smell the goodness of his spirit in the room. And then I'm, I, mm, I, I can't resist. I got to have, as my grandma would say, just a taste. I got to have just a sliver. And I, I, I taste just a little bit. Taste the biscuit. Taste the goodness of the biscuit. <laughs> and I taste it. And whoo, all of a sudden, where I once wasn't hungry, I, I, I want more taste and see that the Lord is good. And I want more of his goodness. I want more of what he has for me today. And then I find myself like at the buffet of his goodness, consuming everything that God has for me. And that's what I'm praying for you. Is when you show up, even in the days that you don't want to show up, that whenever you begin to taste and see the goodness of God, and you begin to taste his spirit, the joy, the peace that he has for you, that you just can't get enough of it. Until you're full. Now, after you've done those things, you've got to position, after you, you, you have to begin to consume. Consuming means to be, when you're reading the word of God, it says we're, we're renewing our minds. So whenever we're doing that, we're beginning to renew things. We're being transformed in that moment. And listen, you have to actually renew your mind to the word. You actually have to take time to pray. You actually, it can't just be a thought, oh, I should go do some praise and worship today. No, you need to go and you will go and you make a decision that I'm going to praise the Lord today. And you know, you have to take time to pray in the spirit. You have to take time to give gratitude. It's great to have the idea of, I would love, I would love to go do these things. 
But there's a difference between I would love to go do this and actually taking and beginning to consume and eat. And that should be a daily discipline that you have in your life. I'm coming to a close. Y'all just stay with me. I'm going to read you a scripture real quickly. As I'm coming to a close, it says this in Psalm 23, 5. And this is going to bring us full circle, okay? Hmm. Many of you know this incredible text where the psalmist says this. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. I want you to hear this today. Babe, will you get me that water pitcher over there, please? I want you to hear me today. There is always a table to be filled at. There is never not, thank you, baby. There's never not a table to be filled at. If if he prepare a table in the presence of your enemies, surely in the moments where there is no adversary, there's a table also still waiting for you. Understand what the psalmist is saying here. He's saying whatever and wherever you are in life, there is a table always prepared for you. Why? Because his spirit is always abounding. His spirit is always with you. God is always with you. He's always there. You don't have to wait for Sundays for the table to be prepared for you. You got a table in your car. You got a table at your work. You got a table at your job. You got a table at Walmart. You got a table wherever you go. There's always a table waiting for you. What's the table represent? What's the table represent? Well, the table represents a place of communion. It's interesting that the psalmist says he prepares a table for me. In the presence of my enemies. I believe one of the reasons he prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies is he wants to talk to you in the moments and that, that stuff is going on. He wants to be there and say, let's, let's talk about this. See, because when I show up to Thanksgiving, I talk a lot. As long as it's my family. Her family, I don't know. I, I'm still awkward. <laughs> There's a lot of talking that goes around at the Thanksgiving dinner table, right? When y'all show up to Thanksgiving dinner, y'all start making your plates. You're going to talk about the recipes. You're going to talk about what's good and what's some Aunt Joyce needs to make different next time. Like, you're going to talk about these things. You're going to talk about football because football's going to be playing. Y'all going to be watching the Cowboys get beat again. Y'all, y'all <laughs> you're going to have a good time with family. You're going to talk because communion happens at the table. God invites you to his table and prepares it. You don't even have to make the meal. He's already made it. You don't even, all you have to do, show up, position yourself, and consume in the midst of the presence of your enemies. God promises to do that, to show up, because there's always a table to be filled at. And the, the psalmist says, my cup runneth over. This is a big problem, is this. We have these kind of believers. Now, is this half full or half empty? The 
pessimists say? Well, that's definitely half empty. The optimists say, well, that's definitely half full. I think I might went a little over half. But that is not the way that God desires for you to live. We have seen this all morning long, that God's desire is not that you live half full or half empty. How does he desire that you live? But every vessel has the maximum that it can contain. And after it's reached its max, what happens? It overflows. It overflows. I know we got a second service. People go, who peed on the ground? <laughs> you got any pregnant ladies? They... <laughs> See, I'm not, I'm not a pessimist, and I'm not an, optim, and I'm not an optimist. I'm a spirit-filled believer, and I believe what God has said. And I overflow with what he has said. And whenever the, whole, whenever, when the enemy comes around me and tries to agitate me, I may, I may lose a little bit of what I've got. But you know what? When I position myself, even in the shaking, even in the breaking, God still fills my cup to overflowing. And I continue. And the joy that I have starts flowing on the others. And the hope that I have flows on the others. And the peace that I have flows on the others. Because I'm not content with being half full. I'm going to be full and overflowing. Will you stand up to your feet and give God a hand clap of praise this morning. Give Him glory. Hallelujah. I'm not content with a church that is cool with being half full or half empty. I believe one of the reasons that God sent us to this city is because we're called to fill people with the Spirit of God to overflowing. Listen, whenever you're full, let's go back to the very beginning. Let's go back to the beginning. Let, let's roll it back just for a second. Because what does full mean? Containing or holding as much as possible, having no empty space. If you're full, You ain't got no more room for depression. You ain't got no, I ain't, got time, ain't, ain't nobody got time for that. I ain't got time for anxiety and for fears. I don't have time to be weighed down by the pressures of this world. I don't have, I want to throw this water right now because I'm about to run around this room. I don't have time to be filled with other things because I'm full of the Spirit. So there's no more room. The world can come and try to drop a bomb in my lap, but I'm telling you, I am full. I ain't got no room because I'm full of the Spirit. Will you lift your hands and let's pray this morning, church? Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you, God, right now for this illumination of what you're wanting for our lives. No longer will we be content to just be carriers of the Spirit of God. But Lord, we want to be full of your Spirit. 
full of the gifts of the Spirit, full of the fruits of the Spirit, full of the joy, full of hope, full of peace, full of love, full of faith, full of patience, full of the things that you have for us, Father. No longer do we have time to look and want all the things of this world, but God, we want to be full of your Spirit. We want to be overflowing so that, Lord, out of the abundance of your Spirit that is within us, we can begin to pour out into our community the love, the joy, the prophecy. Lord, we prophesy to our region now. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you're filling us so we can make prophetic declarations where there's been dead and where there's been dead and dry things. We say bones come together as a mighty army. We say dry bones live and hear the word of the the Lord today, Father. So God, we just thank you for this word. We say yes and amen. We say yes, we want more of you, more of your spirit, more of what you want for us. So God, we just give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Will you give God a hand clap of praise? Amen this morning. (laughs) Hallelujah. I said it a minute ago, but the starting place of fullness is through the gateway of Jesus. This morning, if, if you're in this room and you've never received Jesus as Lord and Savior, maybe at one point in time you did, and today you want to make a fresh declaration, listen, our ministry teams will be here for you. They want to pray that with you this morning. They want to help you rededicate your heart and your life to Jesus. And they're also here to pray for any other needs that you may have this morning. Listen, we absolutely love you. And let me just encourage you once again to show up to the table this week. Throughout your days this week, find times to show up to the table because no matter what you're going through, No matter where you are at, there is always a table to be filled at. Amen.